Hello everyone, and welcome back to See the Sunrise, the S-O-N. This is episode 30, and I'm Pastor Mamie. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in your everyday situations and circumstances. The prophet Jeremiah said, if you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Seeing the sunrise is where I get to share with you how God has been revealed to me. And hopefully through my experiences, you'll be able to look back and see how God has been revealing himself to you and continues to reveal himself to you. No matter what situation you may be in or what you may be facing, I want to tell you, if you believe and trust in God, you will find him. And sometimes he's hidden in the most subtle of places, whether it's in the giggle of a baby or the warm welcome home from your pet. God is there sharing his love and he's wanting you to experience him. Christ wants us to live, but he not only wants us to live, he wants us to thrive. Now, this isn't something that I think. This is something that I know. His gospel tells us in John chapter 10 and verse 10 that Christ came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And so how do we have that kind of life, the kind of life that Jesus speaks about in the world that we live in today? If you're one of those individuals that gets up and looks for the newspaper, I may be dating myself, but maybe it's not the newspaper, you're turning on the news or you're flicking through your smart device, trying to get the latest news and the weather, you'd probably say, boy, how can I have that kind of life, the abundant life that Jesus is talking about in a world that I currently live in? As a disciple of Christ, I'm here to tell you it indeed is possible. So today I'm gonna to talk with you about discipleship. Now, what is discipleship? And I am so glad you asked me that. So I'm gonna first go to the Great Commission found in Matthew chapter 28. And it says, and, and just in case you're driving or you're at work with your headphones in, seeking a distraction, let me share it with you. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 reads this wise. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what is discipleship? A disciple is someone who believes in Jesus Christ someone who believes in him and who obeys his word. It is faith in Christ and obedience to Christ, plain and simple. That is the proof of a true disciple. When I grew up, remember I tell you, I will share some of my experiences in this, uh, in some of the situations that I face when it talks about Christianity and all of the things that I grew into. Well, when I grew up, and that's about seeing the sunrise. When I grew up, I didn't see a lot of those who resembled Christ. And that was because I was so busy being judgmental instead of looking for him. Yeah, I was the one that sat on the sidelines and was trying to find everything wrong about those who professed to know Jesus. I was so focused on what other people did. Instead of understanding my own role, I wanted to see what they didn't understand and what they didn't know. I wasn't being one 
I was a finger pointer. Discipleship requires faith, not in a person, but in Christ. When you truly believe in Christ, you're going to exemplify the nature of Christ. Let me tell you why we need disciples. Disciples aid individuals in growing in their faith. Some disciples are clearly seen. I remember some of mine. I called them my spiritual mentors. But in fact, they were actually Jesus's disciples. They were diehard followers of Christ. These were individuals who would pray even when you didn't want to receive it. And they would talk to you even though you didn't want to hear it. Um, they pursued me. I think the word many people use today is my ride and die. I mean, these mentors, and they were ride and die. Initially, I had no desire to listen to any of them. I didn't want to interact with them or otherwise I didn't want to have coffee with them, didn't want to drink nothing. But they pursued me just like God pursues us. Looking back, it's easy for me to see that. But when I was in the midst of it, I didn't understand. They were absolutely relentless. Every Sunday, I found myself running from them, literally, because I wasn't interested in anything they had to say. But these individuals helped me to grow in my faith. They helped me to become a mature Christian. And I am so thankful for their pursuit. They shared their wisdom. And the more I listened to them, the more I grew. So why we need to become disciples? We need to become so that we can fulfill the mission that Christ has called us to fulfill. If these women had not pursued me, if I had not at one moment in something that they said or did turn, I may not be where I am today. I am convinced that these women were truly representatives of Christ. How do we become a disciple is through Jesus alone. That sounds simple, but I'll say it takes deliberate pursuit in knowing him. When I really submitted my life to Christ, I didn't know that much about him. Unfortunately, I have to confess, I really didn't. I heard of miracles. I heard of things he did. I think I thought of him more as a genie in a bottle that I could ask him for the things I wanted instead of really understanding his nature and really what his whole purpose was. I thought it was still about me. Well, I know that, you know, when you think of submitting yourself to Christ, you should know him. And it sounds kind of counterintuitive because how did I become a disciple without a relationship with him? Well, it began with others showing him to me. It began with the way they showed their love. When I finally saw Christ, I realized that I needed to repent and turn to him that there was something about him that was so holy, that was so magnificent that who am I that I would want to even, that I could be in his presence. Remember I said I had mentors, hashtag disciples running after me. They were showing me how Jesus wouldn't give up on me and won't give up on you. He doesn't give up on us and that he will pursue us. But the next step was, I had to search for him. Remember, I start my podcast with Jeremiah 29, 13, where he says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with your whole heart. See, that's what seeing the sunrise is. When you're seeking him, you're looking for the sun. You're looking for him to rise up in your situation. You're looking to see that light that the darkness cannot hide. My relationship with Christ began when I received him, truly received him as my Lord. But my training also began when I accepted him. 
I began to read his word for myself. And it was rich. It was like the psalmist who said, his word is sweeter than honey on a honeycomb. I sought to understand his word. I sat under preachers and teachers who rightly divided his word. I prayed. I prayed hard. I prayed for a discerning spirit. I asked God for wisdom. James said is we lack, if we lack wisdom, we can ask of God and he gives it liberally and unabraded not. I prayed for wisdom. I prayed for knowledge. I prayed for understanding so that I would know what truth was and what it was not. He taught me things I did not know. And that is what I was going to need if I too was going to be a disciple of Christ. We need disciples everywhere. Just look around. We need Christ followers. True disciples are loving. They're kind. They're compassionate. They seek to do the will of the Father. Jesus himself said in John 5 and 30, he said, I can't of my own self do nothing. He's talking about himself. He said, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. It is through those of us who are followers, his sheep, that Jesus continues to pursue humankind. We are all his witnesses here on earth to the power and the majesty of Christ. I've seen him do some miraculous things, and I know he's not done. He will continue to do it. He doesn't do it just because he wants to demonstrate his power, but he wants to convey his love. Think of the kind of world this would be if everyone followed the principles of Christ. If people had the same love of Christ or had the same passion as Jesus, there would be no war, no fighting. Racism wouldn't exist, no poverty. There wouldn't be poor people or people living on the streets or people standing in food lines trying to get food or unemployment trying to get a check. There would be no sickness. Hospitals would be non-existent. There would be no such thing as a plague or COVID-19. There would be no pain. There would be no, no disease. There would truly be peace on earth, goodwill toward man. I often wondered about that song at Christmas time when I heard people sing about peace on earth, but I also saw how many behaviors changed. People are actually kind and nicer to each other. But as soon as the Christmas season is over, the tree goes down, the cards stop coming, it's somehow people return to normal. Why can't we always exist in a world of peace on earth? We need disciples everywhere. But since we don't have that peace on earth, not yet, but there's a time coming when God will receive us and we will experience peace with him. But if there is to be peace on earth, it'll never happen if we aren't exercising our role as his disciples. We are his hands and feet. You may have heard it said before, you may be the only Bible that some people will read. True disciples understand that he has to be the most important one in your life. I get up thinking about Jesus. I think about him all day. I'm not telling you this because I want you to look to me or look up to me. That isn't it. What I'm telling you is that because of that relationship I've developed with him, he is the most important one in my life. And because I'm able to walk with him and connect with him, I have peace in my life. Not like the world, 
gives it. And, and Jesus talks about this in John 14. He says, let not your, your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He, many people preach that during a, a funeral service when they're laying their loved ones to rest. But that can even be thought of even today. You know, when he tells me, don't let my heart be troubled, I hear God saying, when things get hard, when life is tough, when you can't see your way, when you don't know how to, you're going to make it, you know, he's telling us that uh, there's, I'm, I give you peace, peace in your spirit, peace in your life. When you develop a relationship with Christ, he gives us life. He gives you life. There's nothing like him. I feel like Anne Graham Lotz when she tried to find the adjective to describe him. And, and I mean, she had hundreds of them and she said, I, I just can't, she couldn't contain herself because she couldn't figure out that one word that really identified who he was. She was saying he was amazing. He's the alpha, he's the mega, he's the beginning. He's the first and the last. He's the first of God's son. I mean, he just kept going, she kept going on and on and I get it. She had a relationship with him. She has a relationship with him. The hardest challenges are more easily faced when you know you've got him as your advocate. This kind of relationship, this kind of faith, it's contagious because as your relationship with Christ grows, others begin to see it and they want to know what has provoked the change in you, the joy that you seem to have, the peace that you display. It's funny because when I made that 180 degree turn, life took on a whole new meaning and people could see it because they could see the wretchedness that I was but they also saw the image that God had formed me into. They saw God shaping me, and in shaping me, they wanted to understand and know, who is this Jesus that can take this wretched sinner and have her turn to a point where she proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because our relationship with him grows, others can see it. It is contagious. They want to know what brought the change. And that becomes an open door where you can share with them about Jesus Christ, your Lord, our Lord, of how he came into your life and how he can make all things new. How when trouble comes, you're able to cast your cares on him because you know that he cares for you and he surely does. How you understand there that there will be trouble. They, they'll get to know that you understand there's going to be trouble in your life, but that Jesus has overcome all of it. And so they too can become overcomers. That is when that door opens and you can tell them about Jesus. That is, that is when you convey that you are his disciple and that as his disciple, you have been charged with feeding his sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. As an introvert, and I know that's probably hard for you to uh, imagine or comprehend, but yeah, I really am an introvert. Uh, and I energize by pulling away and that pulling away I'm with him. But as an introvert, I can tell you that when people see Jesus in you, you're like a magnet. People see something, but they don't quite know what it is they see, but they want it. They want to experience it, experience it. They want to know where to find it. And you can tell them in one word, Jesus. Disciples share their faith. They embrace their faith and they walk by faith. As a disciple, you can help others to see the sunrise, to see Jesus Christ and to come to know him in a real intimate way. I encourage you to become a student of Christ, that studious pupil who sits in the front of the class, 
seeking to take in everything that the good teacher has to teach and applying what you learn as you go about sharing the good news of the gospel of Christ. When I started, when I sat under these teachers and preachers who had that passion for Christ, I felt like that student in the front seat that was always raising their hand because they always had questions and the teacher was always answering and I was always getting the A's and the curve was being adjusted because I was making things, I was getting the higher marks per se and they were like, why is she doing that? But when it comes to being a disciple, you want others to crave and to come after you that they too want to get that understanding that they are they come in early we want to sit in the front of the class and they want to hear what thus saith the lord they want to hear christ speaking in their ear unless i become sermonic i just want to tell you as a disciple you could help others to see the sunrise to see jesus christ to know him become that student and i'm going to close with this just like I began, see the sunrise, see Christ in your every day and allow him to guide you as you share him with others. The world is filled with the lost. There are people hurting out there. It's filled with people suffering and the Lord doesn't want to leave them that way. I pray that your face just glows with the presence of Christ as they see him in you. You may think it's difficult. You may think you have to be this verbose person like myself. Actually, it can be much more simply done. If you see someone hungry, feed them. If you see someone that needs clothes, clothe them. If you see someone who's sick, help them. Be Christ, the hands and feet, Jesus with flesh. And I tell you, then you are fulfilling the Great Commission going therefore and making disciples of all mankind. God bless you. Until next week, be blessed and let the sun rise up in you so that you too can show others how the sun rises and will rise in their life too. God bless you.